if you're the kind of dad who's going to keep wearing his face mask even after COVID just so you can hide your nose hairs, then this is the podcast for you. We are bad to the dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We're celebrating suburban dad life and the life of dads in any possible habitat. Also, the fastest growing dad theme podcast in all of humanity. And Coach Randy has the pictures to prove it. Welcome, welcome, listeners. Welcome, welcome, dads. Great to have you with us for season five, episode two. My name is Adam D. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce a man who is here live and is not a cat. It's Coach Randy. Hey, coach. I'm not. A, I'm not a cat. Uh, if anything, I'd be a dog. I'd be a dog. I'm doing well, Adam D. Do you know uh, how another... to find the cat filter or the dog filter on Zoom? Apparently, kids teach you. it's really, really hard to find. But boy, was that funny. Well, that that lawyer seemed to find it no problem, but accidentally. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, uh, uh, a nice little bit of humor in a uh, pretty uh, intense time period. But uh, I'm doing well, Adam D. It is a Another great week to be here. Another exciting guest. Uh, another exciting uh, week of quarantine of Blur's Day. Blur's Day. Don't know what day it is. We just keep doing what we do. And we know today is Sunday morning. That's when we record. So it's time for Bad to the Dad. And you mentioned another great guest. And, you know, we always go out of our way to find wonderful guests. Noam Layden, news reporter and anchor for WOR 710 in New York, is our guest today. Coach, uh, a blast from my past. He was actually my first broadcast partner ever on a radio show at WGHT AM in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. 1,000 watts of AM daytime power coming to you. If you were standing on one leg next to a radio tower, you probably got pretty a pretty clear signal of WGHT. But that was our start in broadcasting. And Excited to get reacquainted with Noam and, and talk a little bit about the news and, and what it's like to be a news reporter in this day and age. You know, what I love, uh, who would have thunk when we first started out in this journey, because we're now in season five, episode two, that I'd have the pleasure of meeting so many of your old classmates and your previous life before you became Adam D, HR genius. Well, let's hope that I don't run out of friends that I can talk to to get on this program. You know, we're season five and we're already pretty deep into the well. But, you know, the beauty of social media and LinkedIn is you realize, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Let me reach out to him and see if, see if he's a dad first and see if he <laughs> he's, wants he's to gotta be. He's got to be a dad by now. <laughs> I Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know who I always want to have in my network? You know who we always want to have close to our little partnership here at Bad to the Dad? You know, you ask that question often and sometimes it kind of trips me up. But then I go back into my harp. I go deep into the side in the in the in the world of my brain, and I think about one person, Becky Berman, bourbonbranding.com. Becky Berman, bourbonbranding.com. What can Bert, Becky Berman do for you, Coach? Uh, she has done. Go to www.coachrandysays. That is www.coachrandysays. It's exactly how she can transform your website and all your graphic design needs. So you got marketing, you got web design, you got business plans. She is a, a full turnkey 
business solution and creating awareness for your business. Small businesses, large businesses, nonprofits, independent contractors, Becky Berman, BermanBranding.com. That is where you want to go. And we thank her for her sponsorship, friendship, and partnership for the last four plus seasons. So um, what about possibilities of uh, additional sponsors for this year? Are we engaged and open to sponsors outside of Becky Berman of BermanBranding.com of joining our show and sponsoring us? We'll never turn our nose up at somebody who wants to sponsor Bad to the Dad. And you know what? For $15, $15 an episode. Tell you what, I'm feeling generous today. $15 gets you two episodes of advertising. Over solicitous, overdoing it with the, with the mentions, with the advertising, with the social media play for $15 an episode. Now $15 for two episodes because we're running a special. We are going to over promote you and do it happily. And you know what? We'll even have you on the show. Dad, not a dad. If you're a mom, if you're not not a mom, whoever you might be, you want to sponsor Bad to the Dad. We will make sure that you get airtime. So let me our, get this straight. Little podcast. So let me get this straight. So for basically seven dollars and fifty cents, uh, that's right. Basically a uh, uh, some kind of fancy latte at Starbucks for for two weeks in a row. Right. Mm-hmm. So you give up that one cup of latte at your Starbucks Dunkin' Donuts. You mean you have access? to the Luxembourg community of being one of the top podcasts in Luxembourg, all right? One of our largest group in France. This is this is what you have access to. I mean, who would like to expand their business globally in such a fashion? And then you get a PSA on top of it? Oh, yeah. Well, you, you can even be heard in Texas if the power ever comes I mean, back on. How, do you, how, how can someone say no? It is, it is a steal, Adam. I think you're giving away the barn. You're giving away the milk for free. I cannot believe you just went there. I'm proud of you, but I got to tell you, if you're out there listening, how can you not just jump on board with such a great deal? Go through your couch cushions. Go through that little repository where your transmission is in your car, and you're going to find yourself $7.50 for an episode, I guarantee it. And we will, again, over-promote your business, and we'll do it happily. You know, it's funny you you mentioned uh, couch cushions. this past week, um, one of my daughters, it was, I think it was Michaela, somehow dropped her phone in a couch cushion and she didn't find change. She found a bunch of uh, Other popcorn. She found some <laughs> old M&Ms <laughs> and she goes, oh, that's gross. I go, well, that's kind of the reason why we are free. You don't eat there. And so since you found it, you get to clean it. Responsibility at its best, Adam D. And, and how did that go? Uh, I ended up doing it myself because it was too gross for her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that a lot. And, and I'm, I'm almost too worried to open up my couch cushions. I don't know what I'm going to find there. I have a feeling I'm going to find like three happy meals with the toy <laughs> somewhere buried in the dark, dark, deep, dark recesses of my couch. Now you brought up food and you brought up snack food. So I had a similar experience this, this week. I actually blew my stack. Now, let's be clear. Let's be clear. let's be clear with the reference in terms of when you say blow your stack, what exactly that means. I uh, got a little angry. Okay. A little angry for a short time. You know me. Nah, you're never well composed. Angry. No, you're never. I'm trying to get out of control. No, I, I need a lot more Adam D in me just because of the kind of demeanor you have. You might appreciate this and dads and, and other parents who are listening, you'll probably appreciate this. So we have snack food. 
in the house um, and you've heard of veggie straw. So let me first start with oh. veggie straws. Okay? Oh God. So veggie straw is essentially a potato chip that's trying to pass itself off as a healthy snack. Yes. But if you do the nutrition label comparisons, then you know it's the same amount of calories, same amount of oil. You, maybe there's a little more vegetable oil, same amount of salt, you know, mm -hmm. sodium. It, it's just as bad. And they claim it's made with like real carrots and real tomatoes and real spinach. I've never seen a carrot or tomato look like a straw. Well, and I would love to know a fake tomato and a fake carrot mm. and a fake, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's real. Well, show me a fake one first. If you can clone a sheep, you can probably clone a tomato. And that's <laughs> probably what they're going for with veggie straws. So I don't know which kid it was. I, I have a pretty good idea. They sat with a session of veggie straws and had enough. So they put it back in the pantry. But they put it back in the pantry open. Open. Oh, yes. No chip clip. Yep. Yep. No roll down to keep yep. it closed and no keep those band, veggie straws like fresh. Yep. yep. I'm with Probably you. not fresh to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I saw that. And I don't know why that triggered me to go off. Yes. And? It was like the bag was open like a mouth going, hello, I'm open and nobody closed me. <laughs> if a bag were to have an accent, it would probably sound like that was that. a great Bridgerton accent. You sound yeah. like a Bridgerton in that accent. Very nice. Well, I figured if, if uh, a veggie straw bag sounded like anything would probably be a character from a Monty Python sketch. So very annoyed. And it's like middle of the day. Right. So it's just after it's like in between classes for the kids yeah. and I'm taking a break from work. I'm going why can't you people close a bag? Yes. What did I get? Couldn't find a chip clip. Couldn't find a chip clip. So let me teach you some other alternatives to closing <laughs> a bag because this is how food goes bag at bad. And then you come back to me and say, these veggie straws are stale. Why suck. are the veggie straws stale? Because you can't close a bag. Yeah. Get some tape. There you go. Hey, so if, if you're out there listening bad to the dads, you can offer some insight. You can use tape. You can use rubber bands. Mm -hmm. What else can you use? You can put them into a complete container that is sealed. I mean, you have options. You know those paper clips that kind of hold large yep, absolutely. folders? With, like with the, uh, the snap clips. clips, yeah. The snap clips. Yeah. You could use one of those. If you're oh, in my page. gosh. It is just called being creative ingenuity. Yeah. Uh, teach your kids about problem solving. Don't be a problem finder. Be a problem solver. And I have to tell you, Coach, if I had a thousand, if I had a thousand chip clips in my junk drawer, that bag would still be open. That's the open. Yes. So uh, you lost, you lost your stuff. Did you uh, drop any uh, curse bombs? Didn't go there. I did not go to DefCon Five. All right. I did not go to Red Alert and the Homeland Security chart. Yeah. This was probably a, a yellow bordering on orange. All right. But so the voice was raised. Yes. And the angst was truly felt. And I'm sort of glad I, I did it because now we've created a new standard in the house for food oh. freshness, which, <laughs> which is important. You well, know, it's especially like, now wow. with the, uh, so many people seeking food and mm -hmm. not having access to food, this is the time to remind them about how, how blessed we are to have food and we need to take care of it, i.e. life lessons. You're a genius, Adam D., in your role as a parent. Coach, I'm going to use that. I'm going to say there are kids that are starving around the world and boy, what, what they wouldn't give for a bag of artificially flavored vegetable straw, potato chip type snacks. So it does sound like it was quite the week in uh, uh, the Adam D out household. Um, you know, Nathan's again, we are, uh, we live through blurs day, day after mm -hmm. day. 
And of course, we had some, some more snow. Um, we had a, a birthday this past week, Michaela. That's right. Happy birthday, um, Michaela. We have Sweet been, 16, right? We have, yep, uh, 15, 15, 15. 15. No, that's right. She's not 16. Yeah, today. we have uh, prepped. She has prepped this now for about two months every day, counting down. And of course, uh, snow. And so we could not get her wet. You know, there was no cake. There was, I mean, we ended up planning ahead. You got her veggie had, straws? Uh, actually, it's so funny. The girls ask for veggie straws, but we go out, we buy veggie straws, and they don't eat the veggie straws. And they just sit there, and they just sit there. They'll eat them at the very beginning, but then veggie straws really taste really bad. And so what happens, I think, through their TikToking and snapping, they all talk about veggie straws. But, and so we said, we put the kibosh on veggie straws. We said, no, we're not going there because we're not going to waste money on veggie straws. We know once we buy them, they're not going to I mean, do you have that situation where your, your kids want something and they're real excited about it and then you buy it? And then they don't eat it anymore. Yeah. It there's there's a there. novelty at the beginning. And yeah. as soon as the bag hits the table from the grocery store, they tear into it. But then it's like that craving's been satisfied. So that's we it. need smaller bags of veggie straws, kind of like yes. you know, those potato chip bags, the snack so, bags. So that is uh so that was a really good part. No, it, it was fun. We uh we celebrated it was like a uh, an extended birthday celebration because of the snow. So then we got the cake and then the dinner on Friday. And then, um, you know, so that was kind of fun. We did the softball thing. But I will tell you, I wanted to share with you, uh, I had my annual physical this week. Oh, you know, and I, was, I was waiting all off season. I mean, you were, we were talking about this going to happen because, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a few years older than you. Just, just, just a few. Um, Almost a decade, but all right. Yeah, but, well, a few, a in few my things. mind, in my mind, you know, if it's you're comparing few, it to your know, spans of geological time, like where know, the dinosaurs live, then yes. I mean, you know how how we are, yes. So, uh, uh, in the age where I live, um, I you know I've already had my first colonoscopy. Hey, right. Never forget um, your first. You know, right? so uh, I am on the five year plan. So my second one is coming up. I discovered in 2022. So that's kind of gives you a sense of my life. Uh, good news is I'm my, my weight, my exercise routine, um, all my numbers are great. I'm, I'm returning to being a healthy person, which really made me happy. But we discussed one of the most important things you got to talk about once you hit the age 50 is fiber. 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 We're not uh, talking about fiber optics. We're talking about the fiber that you eat. Fiber. And so um, not sure if you're familiar with fiber. I mean, oh, you're still you're young enough, um, oh, but, but there's a certain amount of fiber a person must intake over the course of the day. And I found out, guess what that number is of how much fiber uh, someone over 50 needs to eat on a daily basis. And we're putting this in terms of grams? Grams, of fiber? grams, correct, grams. Oh boy. When I think about, you know, fiber in a bowl of raisin bran or how yeah. much fiber is in a, a, an apple. Yeah. Uh, do you need like 25 grams of fiber a day? Wow. You're... 28 grams. That's 28 pretty grams. Impressive. I figured it was somewhere in that universe. Well, because I mean, you are part of the, uh, the health system now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So 28, 28 grams of fiber. Uh, I did not know that. Um, so to enhance my fiber intake, I am now in the stage of life where I have, I have gone out and now I've purchased a Metamucil capsule of fiber. So I take two of those pills in the morning and then what is ingenious they now have what is called fiber well 
fiber pills that you take two of those in the afternoon, thereby giving me my 25 grams of fiber. Now, coach, I have to ask, your doctor told you you need 28 grams of fiber at your age. Yes. Why so much fiber? Because <laughs> I am I need to be regular. And, oh, you, need, uh, you need to keep the plumbing running. And apparently over the course of quarantine and life and stress that uh, yeah. it is uh, highly encouraged. So the word for the week, fiber. Fiber. Give me fiber. Fiber <laughs> in the morning. Fiber every night. You give me fiber. But it's... Uh, it's funny. It's, it's so it does kind of stink getting old, and uh, but um, you know you gotta do what you gotta do. We're we're we're, we're week fifty, I think we're at week fifty two now, in quarantine or fifty one or fifty something, uh, very close. We just uh, it was a year ago that uh, we were in the city for Michaela's birthday celebration. Uh, the last time we were in the city, then uh, we just celebrated uh, Brianna's toe surgery from a year ago, yeah, uh -huh. you know, so we are, I think we're at week 50 of quarantine. Wow. Yeah. I think around this time last year, maybe a little, little before this time last year, we heard about the first patients in the States yeah. getting coronavirus, right? Right around early mid February. Yeah. And then uh, about uh, a month from now is really when uh, everything kind of shut down. Quarantines went into effect. Companies went to work from home situations and schools also went virtual. And boy, wasn't that a wonderful transition. <laughs> you are the true talent of this show, Adam D. And I always admire the way you do that. Incredible. Well, i tell you what. Now you got me on this fiber kick. I'm going to go check out the Veggie Straws nutrition label and see how much fiber is actually in a package. But happy birthday to Michaela. Also want to wish a happy February birthday to my brother, Chad, and uh, my dad, Alan. And they turned certain ages, which will not be mentioned on uh, on this podcast. But hey, every every year you get is another gift, another blessing. We're bad to the dad. Coming up, Noam Layden from Seven Ten W O R in New York. Stay tuned. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. If you want to find us on social media, you can, because if you're not on social media, you pretty much don't exist. At Bad to the Dad, that is our handle for most social media accounts. That includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn. And if you prefer websites, what we call the good old-fashioned way, you can find us there too, www.badtothedad.com. That's www badtothedad.com. And this is an interactive podcast as well. We've got email for that. Contact us at badtothedad.com is our email. Contact us at badtothedad.com. Give us some show ideas, some guest ideas, even questions for our guests. Coach, I've been in and out of the radio game for, I think, the better part of 15 years. And again, we're going to go down memory lane a little bit here with our next guest, uh, Noam Layden of 710WOR in New York, was my first ever broadcast partner on lovable WGHTAM 1500 of blessed memory. It actually shut down a, a couple of years ago, but Noam Layden still in the game, 
newscaster, news reporter, field reporter. And Noam, it's great to see you again. Welcome to Bad to the Dead. It's awesome to be on Bad to the Dead. Thank you very much. He said awesome. Yeah, well, look, you know, our reputation precedes us. So we'll we'll see if that continues for the next 20 (laughs) minutes. But Noam, I mentioned WGHT. And I know I didn't ask you to prepare this, but any fond memories that really just throb out at you uh, from those days when we were on the air together? Uh, well, we had, a, we had a great time on the air together. First of all, we did a show that was called Up and Adam and Noam, right? So that's kind of a cute battle. I always thought it should be Up and Noam and Adam because then people would go, wait a minute, something's off about this, but whatever. So we didn't do that. But um, we did this morning show that was music and just sort of outright silliness. And I think the show was pretty good, you know, but then Adam got wise and said, I got to get the hell out of this business <laughs> and got a real job. But Fond Memories, I mean, it was a crazy place to work. It was a, uh, if you're not in the radio business, you might not know some of these small stations, they usually have two or three people on staff. And this was a small station in Northern New Jersey. And, uh, and then the rest of the station will be on a satellite that'll run all these different programs all day. And this was a music station on AM. So you're like, who the hell is listening to that anyway? And an oldie station. So I mean, really, you feel like there's nobody listening. But we had a staff of I think there was 20 full-timers. <laughs> now I work at WOR now in New York. We don't have 20 full-time on-air people on, on staff there. So I mean, it sort of tells you how crazy it was. The owner was the great-grandson of the DuPont family, right? Right. So it helps to have a millionaire owner when you want to have 25 people on staff at a small 1,000-watt daytime station on AM. Right, right. You know, Noam, real quickly, before you go on, uh, I'm kind of the, uh, I'm not the genius, Adam is a genius, but I, I, I hone on certain things. You use this thing called AM. I've heard this thing AM, right? Now, to me, that's AM is morning. We have a large population of listeners that are millennials that probably have no clue what you're talking about AM. If you could please just give a quick description for our listeners so they understand what we're talking about, what is AM? Well, it's part of the dial that nobody's really listening to anymore, uh, unless you're uh, like maybe 50 and older, and unless you accidentally are in your you know, dad's really old car, because a lot of cars don't even have AM radio, or any radio for that matter, because you know you hook in Pandora, or maybe if you are listening to radio, it's Sirius XM. So uh, it is old school, and you know, like my kids don't even know what, I don't know about your kids, but I assume they say they don't even know what radio is. It's not even on, and their father works in it. And they will, like, I thought maybe they listen to Z100. They don't, they don't even know what that is. They have no idea. So AM is really foreign to anybody. But that said, radio is, you know, stayed with the times. And much like you guys podcast, um, you know, there's a hundred different ways you can get it now. So it's no longer just the thought of, oh, I have to get into my car or find an old radio that has an AM dial on it. You know, you can ask Alexa, you can um, you can listen through your laptop at work. So there's a whole new audience that's listening that might not have been listening if we had just stayed on the AM dial. So uh, in that way, AM radio is not dead. One day they'll teach the history of radio in college. And it won't just be about like all of the DJs and newscasters. It'll be about AM and FM and the way people used to listen to music and news in the car back in the day. You know, we did 80s road trips in our family's Oldsmobile. Right. Pushing, pushing those little buttons and right. using knobs. 
in order to get the right station. And uh, you got it on a bad weather day. Forget it. You were, you were screwed. You were listening to like, uh, you know, the, the, the Latin Pentecostal service uh, 24-7. And especially if you're driving from one town, one state to another, you would get nothing. Uh, and if you're in the middle of, uh, you know, Bumble F nowhere, you would get some great Christian station and just have to listen to it to get through the state if you're lucky. Well, I worked for a station after I left uh, WGHT that did uh, funeral notices and under the music of Amazing Grace. So you hear Amazing Grace and this was like at you know, five in the morning and they'd say, you know, we're sorry to say Gene Carroll of, uh, of West uh, Havistraw has passed away. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they don't really do that anymore. But, uh, but highest rated cool. station in the area because everybody want to know who died today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as you didn't hear your name, you knew you were okay. Right, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, some people will sort of cast that AM radio is dead, but uh, thanks to all these different ways of tuning in, it, it, it kind of isn't. And in fact, what's so, been so interesting about the pandemic is that uh, WOR, where I'm working now, their ratings are through the roof. And so some of that is pandemic related, but also some of that was a very, uh, you know, divisive election period. And so it was a place where people could tune in and sort of sound off about the election, but um, their numbers are through the roof and continue to be. So uh, where maybe a couple years ago, it was kind of tough right now, things are pretty good. So can you explain a little bit about 710 WOR and what that was like? You talked about some divisive news. Can you, can you tell us more about that? Um, yeah, you know, well, uh, WR is Mostly, a, you know, I guess you would say is a right wing station. My people might categorize it that way. Um, the morning show that I work on is a left right. So it's um, Len Berman. You'll remember the sportscaster from WNBC, the great sportscaster. He's the left wing guy. And then the right wing guy is a longtime friend of mine who's the Broadway critic from the New York Post, Michael Riedel. And so that show, they do some politics, but then they do just a lot of stupid stuff and funny stuff. And it kind of works because... Uh, as much as they'll argue about politics and from the left point of view and the right point of view, you, you know that they're friends and they like to hang out and, and all's good. And so the show is very popular. Then the rest of the day definitely slants to the right. You know, right, well, it was Rush Limbaugh uh, uh, for, you know, three hours a day and then Sean Hannity for another three hours a day. So um, the whole afternoon was, was, it is, continues to be conservative radio, which tends to be the most popular form of talk radio. And Noam, you mentioned Rush. Uh, he just passed away of uh, lung cancer this past week. What's been the, uh, the the feedback like about Rush's legacy? I mean, you know, I, I know he had his he had his followers. Of course, he had people who loved to hate him, and and I think that's probably what shock jocks do, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you sit on. So, what's been the reaction, either internally or or from your listeners, about? you know, Russia's history on radio. Well, I mean, the, the, I guess the good part was it wasn't a shock. We knew he was sick. He got the Medal of Freedom from uh, the president back during the State of the Union last year. So it didn't come as a complete shock, but um, uh, the audience, you know, loved him. I mean, this was appointment radio for years. I mean, even till this, till he passed away, he was number one, most listened to talk show host in the nation. And uh, whether you agreed or disagreed with his politics, you had to be in awe of just sort of what he did. He would do a three-hour radio show, a lot of it tongue-in-cheek, 
where he didn't take any phone calls and he had no interviews. So he would talk for a solid three hours, you know, it would be 12 minute segments, a commercial break and then another 12 minute segment. And to do that is really, to me, that's unbelievable. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anybody else in radio who's doing that where they, he, and on Fridays, he would do open call Fridays. That was the only day he really took calls. And even then he didn't take a lot of them. He would just, it was a chance for fans to connect with him. But the rest of the time, it was just a monologue from him, which is I mean, spectacular. Whether you agree with him or not, what he did was amazing, really amazing. So when you think about people like Mike Francesa, Mike and the Mad Dog on WFAN, uh, it was 660, now it's 101.9 in New York. He sort of spawned this whole new generation of sportscasters who were kind of tell it like it is. Rush in many ways spawned this whole generation of like Mark Levins and you know, right. probably informed Hannity's career too, Sean Hannity. So. Yeah, all, all copied what he did. Some, some you know, did, took it in a different direction and did really well with it. Others just copied in smaller markets where they, you know, maybe they, uh, they would just take his act and try to do it. But boy, what he did was, was spectacular. And, and um, I met him a few times over the years. He was kind of a shy and reserved guy. Um, the people who knew him well said he was just, you know, kind of a down to earth guy. This one guy was telling me who worked with him as an engineer for years said that he got invited to his uh, latest wedding, which was like 10 years ago. I think he was married two or three times. And so he invited him down to the Breakers in West Palm to his wedding. And uh, he was sitting at a cocktail table and this other couple came up and they said, do you mind if we share the cocktail table with you? And he said, of course. And they said, well, how do you know Rush? And my friend said, oh, I knew him. I was his engineer for many years. And he said, how do you know him? And he goes, oh, I've, I've been cutting his lawn for years. <laughs> tells you a lot about who he is. You know what I mean? He, that's who he... He was kind of a regular guy, you know, and he was well. And, and, and the other thing that was interesting about that wedding is he, Elton John was the entertainment. He had this long uh, term relationship with Elton John, which, you know, you would think, oh, Elton John is not somebody that would fit the profile. That would be a Rush Limbaugh fan. But they were they were fast friends. The last person you probably think would be friends yeah. with Rush Limbaugh is yeah. Elton John. Yeah. yeah. See, get to know a, get to know a person when you go to their wedding. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. What has been the best highlight of your career in in radio and what you've done? Well, it's got to be up and Adam and Noah. I mean, <laughs> he peaked early. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the other day when Adam and I were talking, we had some pretty fun experiences, but one of the couple ones that I kind of remember from is uh, we would do this thing, and I don't know if you remember this, Adam, but it was called, I think it was called Free Donut Friday, something like that. Yeah, the Breakfast Club. It was the GHD Breakfast Club. We'd, we'd go to all these local businesses. Yep. Right. And we would drop off uh, food. And so people would have to, I don't know if they sent in a letter or they called, I can't remember, but each week we'd pick somebody out who we would then show up, surprise them with uh, a dozen donuts. And I think like a box of Joe, you know, like a box of coffee or something like that. And, and I just, you would show up and of course you'd get there and like the receptionist would have no idea who you were. And then they would call the person whose office was in the back and they'd say, you know, uh, Adam and Noam are here to give you a box of donuts and the person would be, you know, somewhat surprised and they call everybody into the conference room and nobody knew who you were. And all you were dropping off was a, was a $3 box of donuts and a thing of coffee. And you, I remember I'd stand there all awkward, not knowing what to say. And it was one of those contests where you're like, really, this is the best radio can do is give away a box of donuts and some coffee. <laughs> they were more thrilled to, to get the food than I think to see, you know, two low end uh, local. <laughs> Radio jocks on. My, my favorite memory, though, was when you think about radio making a difference, um, there was 
I remember one one series of episodes we helped save a guy's uh, gas station because the parent company was going to close it down. Right. Um, another we helped a a young like a ten year old chess champion get a sponsor because somebody from a trucking company was listening. So he was a big chess fan. So he decided to sponsor this kid. But the most memorable, and I'll tell you why this came up, Noam, we were going through old pictures, actual pictures, not pictures on a phone. And I found the one of you and I bringing Christmas cheer to the kids of the Patterson YMCA because nobody wanted to go into the Patterson YMCA after dark to be Santa Claus. So Noam and I, we wanted to be Santa and an elf. So I, I drew the long strong and got to be Santa. Right. And Noam said, I'll be the elf. But we went to the costume store. They were all out of elf costumes. So Noam, do you remember what you wore? No, I don't. I, I remember this, but I don't remember what I wore. Ernie from Sesame Street. <laughs> okay. We walk into the YMCA. I go in first. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. The kids come rushing. They pass me. They make a beeline for Ernie. They start attacking Noam in the Ernie suit, spinning the head around. Nobody cared about Santa. I went off and sat down and had hot chocolate. And Ernie's having a heck of a time Christmas with the Patterson YMCA kids. That was like, grassroots radio, Noam. It was. And in fact, the other one, which is it comes up a lot in my household, is um, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, there was some hurricane. I don't remember which one. But it had devastated uh, the vehicles that the Red Cross had used. It, it, they had flooded out these vehicles that they used to pick up people. And so they reached out to us and they said, can you find us a vehicle? And we made a deal with a local dealership to get them a free van. So they oh, thought yeah. this was the greatest thing ever, right? So they told our boss that they wanted to honor us at this luncheon that they were doing um, uh, for people who had done other good things for the Red Cross. And so my boss... I don't know, he forgot to tell us. And then one day he came in and he said, hey, this afternoon is this lunch uh, for the Red Cross. They want to take you out for lunch. So I thought that meant, oh, they just want to take us to like a diner. So I'm in like, a, you know, my normal morning radio show, show gear, a shorts and a T-shirt that I had probably worn the three days before. You know, I found it on the floor and put it on early morning. And we show up and no, it's a banquet, a full on banquet to honor Red Cross heroes. And there's even a guy who's showing videos and doing voiceovers of these great events that people have done. And the first one, it's a kid. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Harold ran into a orphanage in Newark that was on fire and one by one pulled out every kid. He is a Red Cross hero. And the whole place standing ovation, he comes up and he gets an award. Do you, do you this ring a bell this story at all? Big time. So, and each story is like better than the next. I mean, like some guy had almost drowned in a pool and somebody jumped, ran into the pool and they save them. Then, then they get to us and they're like, <laughs> you know, at this point I'm like in my, I'm trying to hide my face. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't believe that I'm going to have to go accept an award for donating a van. <laughs> and I'm wearing like a ratty t-shirt and a pair of shorts. Everybody else is like suit and tie. It's a catered meal. <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, pretty crazy stuff. So, so, so Noam, I have a, a two-part question. First, right. uh, the pleasure of doing the show with Adam Dewan. First of all, I love the name of your show. I mean, it's genius. Right, right. right. Up, up and Adam, right? Yeah. Up and Adam, genius stuff. And Adam is always, he's the creative talent on this. Uh, and he has a litany of people who I've had a chance to meet from his past. Right. Is there any specific kind of nickname that you remember having with Adam D that, that you referred to him? Uh, um, 
anything that he would do at the station that was like crazy you mean just in general some kind of nickname something that would uh offer some insight into our listeners who followed along his life journey through radio he used to do this thing um he would go i'm moon man adam and then he would open the door of the studio and he would moon whoever was uh, standing outside the studio what do you I say remember, moon? i don't remember any of that no but uh <laughs> if you if you remember it had to have happened and so, and so when you and, say and moon, we're actually talking about female director of sales too, right. who was a Jehovah's Witness. So you know, I know how to pick them. Right. Uh, so we're talking about literally the uh, old school idea of when you moon somebody, that would be uh, be Adam D. Yes. Again, my memory is very. Thank you, Noam. That, Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to one more little piece in my book as I write my uh, autobiography of Adam D. Uh, and uh, the other question is, at the very beginning, we talked about news and your kids, right? How do you talk about news with your kids and what you do and, and everything else? Um, you know, news-wise, it's funny, it's interesting. My oldest kid, Gabe, who's a senior in high school, is very similar to me in the way that he loves, um, you know, what they call, I guess, in school, current events, you know? So I'll come home and you know, a lot of times, you know, stuff that's going on that I don't even know about, because a lot of times I'm coming, I'm covering very local, local stories, and I'll miss some of the national stuff to the, for the day. But in terms of what I do, God, they, you know, they could care less, which is great, because it's a horrible industry. So I don't want them to uh, feel like they should go in that direction. Um, but what is interesting is Gabe does this, what's it called? Because you could find it on YouTube. Oh, he'll probably kill me. He'll kill, he'll kill me that I even mentioned his name. But anyway, he um, he does this uh, political podcast that they get a fair amount of viewers on YouTube, and it's like a left right, or maybe it's a right right. He's he's definitely more right of center. Um, so he's he's it's interesting, and he's good. You know, I watched it. I was like, wow, he's pretty good. You know, um, but I, whenever he was sort of um, curious about what I did I would I know this is terrible but I would just say listen it's it you should go do something else go into business be a stockbroker open a store start a fashion line anything but go go into this industry uh so we'll see what he does right now he said he wants to study business so we'll see if that happens well, my younger one could care less I mean really could care less about anything that I do um, which is good uh, and, you know it's funny there's been a few times where he I saw him sort of go oh wait a minute we were in a restaurant not too, well, I guess it was before the pandemic. We were in a restaurant, uh, in a Cuban restaurant in Union City, and it was him and uh, some of his cousins we were having dinner together. And this guy came up and he said, uh, he said, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to tell you I'm a big fan. Because uh, at that time I was doing the Nancy Grace show, so I was on TV a lot. And he goes, oh, I see you in Nancy Grace show. And uh, I listen to your WABC show every morning. And I said, oh, thank you, thank you. And he goes, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to tell you. I said, no, that's very nice. Thank you very much. And he sits down. And he comes back about five minutes later and he goes, hey, you know what? I really want to pay for your dinner. And I'm like, no, I don't want to pay for my dinner. You know? He goes, no, no, really. I'm set, you know, I feel like I've been listening for some of years. I really want to pay for your dinner. And I see him, my younger one, going, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, someone's gonna pay for your dinner. Maybe you get free meals out of this. This is get great. That shit <laughs> uh, but outside of that, I, I think he has uh, zero interest in it. I mean, I think the it's like anything, and you guys probably get this too. Certain things you get. There's certain benefits of your job. I get. You know, we've we've got free tickets to basketball games and concerts, and he got to meet different interesting artists backstage, and that kind of stuff is fun. Um, but I think. 
uh, in the end, hopefully they'll choose to do something else. If that answers your question, I don't even know okay. if I did. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Now, Noam, you mentioned, I do want to talk a little more about your family in just a bit, but uh, we did get uh, an ask the guest question from contact us at badtothedad.com. Remember, if you have a question for any of our guests, contact us at badtothedad.com is the best way to go. So uh, Bobby in Florida, which is probably the only place in America where the sun is shining and the power is working and there's no snow, right. uh, wants to know because um, he, you know, when he was in New York, he used to follow you when you were on WABC 770 and know that you uh, filled, you filled in for Imus a few times, right? I filled in for Imus a lot of times. Too. A lot of times. So yeah. wants to know what was Imus really like? Um, let's see. Well, he's dead. So I guess I can answer this question. <laughs> so, he's, so he's extremely <laughs> quiet right now. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I, it, it, look, Imus helped me in a lot of ways. It, in some ways it really launched my career and, and made it so I could, go work on different other shows that I, I was fortunate enough to be successful on. It wasn't very nice to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and, you know, it's funny, I, I, Len Berman once said to me, do you think he was an anti-Semite? Because Len Berman was convinced he was. Because he had had interactions with him and he said, I think this guy's an anti-Semite. And I said, I, you know, I hate people who make that accusation unless they're 100% sure, because I think it's such a horrible thing to say about somebody, whether racist, anti-Semitic, but, but I think in his case, he probably was. I think it was hard for him to justify, um, you know, his you know, having me on and maybe, I don't know. I, 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 everybody got treated poorly on that show, but I felt like there was times where I got singled out where he would just say just horrendous, horrible things about me. And people would then, you know, I'd get emails and tweets afterwards. Is, is it real? Is it a shtick? And I'm like, no, it's real. Like when he's calling you out on the air and telling you you're the worst human and you're an evil human being, it's really bad. But then sometimes he'd call me and say horrible things, you know? <laughs> so you know, it was genuine. Telephone. What's that? It was, it was genuine hatred and oh, yeah. degradation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, um, I understood, in, in fairness to him, that said, I understood if I poked him and if I said, if I, because I had a show on before him, uh, I'll pat myself on the back. It was very successful. I did an hour show that was on right before his that was called the News Hour. And the whole process of the, the whole idea of the News Hour, which was a great idea, I'll give uh, thanks to this uh, great programmer, this way named, a woman named Lori Cantillo, who gave me the opportunity to do this show. She said, the way I envision the news hour is none like what 1010 wins or anybody else in the market is doing with the news wheel. I want you to go in and just talk about the news. So I was like, what? You know, because I've been a newscaster my whole career where I had copy in front of me and sound bites ready to go. And she goes, no, 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 no. Just you can go in with sound bites, but no copy. And I was like, okay. And, um, and boy, was she right, man. It was, it's the thing I'm to this day, I'm most proud of. It was a great show. And it was an hour where I just talked for a solid hour about what was going on in the world. And it, and it opened up a whole different, a whole bunch of different avenues. And it definitely opened up the avenue of getting on the IMA show and then the IMA show because I would poke him and on Twitter and say sometimes bad things about him. Uh, that got me the Geraldo Rivera show and because they recognized me from IMA. So uh, he helped me out a lot, but I didn't like him. I thought, okay. I don't think he was a nice guy. Uh, uh, I think he was an asshole. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. That's, it's a good thing I you didn't do his eulogy. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting. I will say this is that, you know, it's like any boss, you can't tell your boss what you really think of them if you don't like them. Um, and 
I think most of the people on the show would tell you that they didn't like him, but they kept it to themselves because they, they were getting a good paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody who's working a job. You're like, I can't say anything bad about it. I don't want to lose my paycheck. And there was definitely times where I pushed it and I thought, oh, I'm going to get fired, you know? Uh, and to his credit, I never did. Let's uh, pivot back to, to family, you know, more, more fun things, people you actually like, people that you, you know, would, would talk a little more glowingly about most days. So when you're not on the air, what do you like to do with your family? What are some of those fun things that uh, the Layton family likes to do when they're together? We are big basketball players, big basketball players. Thankfully, we live on a street in Jersey City that we're maybe six houses away from this huge park and uh, that has this great basketball courts. And so we're playing a lot of basketball. Uh, become a big bicycle rider with my younger one, bike all over the place. Um, a lot of walking around the city. Um, uh, the great part about my job is that, well, I, it sucks that I have to get up at three in the morning. I'm home at noon. So I've been, they've only known me as the guy who's at home every single day, uh, which, you know, sometimes they love, other times they probably wish I wasn't here. Uh, but that part's great. I mean, there's always, there's always something to do with them, hang out afternoon, uh, pick them up from school, go somewhere. But I would say most of it's like physical because they're boys. So they want to go play basketball, mm-hmm. play football in the park. Um, and for me, that's an enormous amount of fun because I loved doing that as a kid. And now I get to do that again. Yep. That's awesome. And you go to games too. You're, you guys are big basketball fans as well. We're big basketball fans. Uh, well, here's a good story. So yes, we're big basketball fans. We've gone to a lot of games. Uh, Gabe was a huge, uh, my, both of my kids are huge Celtics fans. And the reason they're a huge Celtics fan is when Gabe was about uh, maybe five or six, um, my father-in-law took him to the NBA store because he knew he was a basketball fan. And he said, hey, you can get any jersey you want, the, you know, the one in the city. And so the, the, the store workers came up to him and they said, OK, you know, who's your favorite player? And he didn't have a favorite player at the time. And he said, well, who, you know, who do you think you like and what jersey do you think you want? And, he, and my kid said, well, do you have any uh, players of uh, do you have any jerseys of white players? Right. <laughs> so the guy's like, oh, you know, thinking my kid's a racist, of course. And, but it was really, he just wanted somebody who looked like him. You know, he's like, OK, I want a white player. So, of course, who's the only white player that they would have a jersey of? It, Larry Bird. Right. <laughs> so they put on a Larry Bird fan and that was it. He was a Celtics fan for life and still is a Celtics fan. So when um, when he was, I guess, 11 or 12, I don't remember how old he was, but he, Isaiah Thomas. Do you remember Isaiah Thomas? Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Isaiah Thomas was playing. But not Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons, who was the GM of the Knicks. We're talking about the the one, the who, obviously, the one who played for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, the one, the newer version who's sort of become a journeyman. But at the time, he was a pretty good player. And um, we, I gotten tickets to see the Celtics play the Nets in Brooklyn, and I got, I put down some serious cash so we could be right, you know, right on the floor so he could see his favorite player, Isaiah Thomas, play. And um, he had um, made this huge poster, Isaiah Thomas, welcome to Brooklyn. You know, he's all excited about this big game coming on. And maybe about uh, two hours before the game, it was towards the end of the season. And about two hours before the game, Isaiah Thomas said he had not gotten on the plane to go from Boston to uh, Brooklyn. And, um, and my instant reaction was the reason he had done it is because the playoffs were about to start and he wanted to rest before the playoffs. And we had seen this a lot where sometimes stars took off, you know, like the last couple of games because they wanted to rest. But then these fans had paid like, you know, hundreds of hours for tickets to see them play and they weren't there. So I tweeted to him, 
some you know obnoxious tweet like I can't believe you disappointed my kid and I had a picture of the poster that my kid had ripped up and thrown on the floor and that was my picture and I tweeted it out not thinking that he would ever see it you know he had like a million followers well I get a tweet back from him you don't know who I am and um and uh, my ankle is hurting me and how dare you and I feel sorry for your son that he has such a horrible dad who would call me out right so we go to the game anyway, and we're all the way there. And my and I see the tweet, and I'm like, I can't believe he's tweeting me. And now my phone's blowing up, right? I have um, uh, the fans calling me. I have the Boston Globe because now it's like a Twitter war. Even though I haven't responded, this guy's responded. This the fact that he's responded to me is now is now caused this reaction because there's lots of fans who feel like these players had sort of you know they're taking off, even though the fans have paid good money to see them. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, do I tell him? <laughs> So I show him the tweet and I show him Isaiah Thomas's response. And he's like mortified, you know, like a 12 year old is. And he's like, uh, I can't believe you did this. And I said, well, I have all these radio stations and newspapers calling me to do interviews. And he goes, don't do them because Isaiah Thomas will never like me. He'll remember me for the rest of his life. He'll <laughs> never like me. <laughs> Add to the dad moment. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to that for your son. You know, so that's, that's a great segue for us because uh, I get a sense here now we have uh, something called Dadvice, which is advice for dads. Right. Um, so right now, given the situation, everything else, what is some dad advice you can offer our listeners out there um, that would be uh, insightful from your perspective as a dad? Um, you know, you parent kind of, I think, the way your parents parented you, hopefully, if they were good parents, that I think you take a lot of influence from them. And I'm, I'm you know... You realize as you get older that if you had a good set of parents, you've won the lottery in such a huge way because I'm sure you've met people over the years who didn't have great parents, who didn't weren't so nice to them, you know, and didn't treat them well. And so my parents were, I, I have four brothers, so there was five boys growing up. And my parents were very kind of hands-off. That was the way we were raised. And if as long as you did okay in school, you kind of did whatever you wanted to do. There was not a whole lot of dis discipline. And we weren't really bad kids, but I don't remember ever really being disciplined by them telling them to go to my room or taking away an allowance. None of that ever happened. And so I think I'm sort of the same way. Um, very hands off. Um, I try to help when I can, if things are bad, you know, uh, you know, during this last year, it's been a little tougher than obviously than it normally is. You know, they always say you're, you're only as happy as your least happy kid. And so it's been a rough year to watch the kids. Cause it's, I think they've had the hardest, the pandemic's been for sure hardest on them than anybody else. Um, but I think a lot of it's just engaging them. So that whole idea of like playing basketball with them after school or football or just being around them, uh, I think is huge. Uh, uh, but it's funny. I don't know what they would say. I, you know, now I have one kid who's graduating and I sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll say, did I do everything I could have done to raise him? Well, you know, is he going to be a good kid? Did I, did I give him everything he needed? And, you know, you, you sort of rack your brain and you say, have I been a good dad? I don't, I don't know what he would say. <laughs> yeah, he might say, wow, he's a really shitty dad. When he's a dad, when he's a dad, we'll bring him back on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, him and his psychiatrist, yeah. <laughs> you remember 30 years ago when you're... <laughs> yeah. so, oh, Our guest today has been Noam Layden, a news reporter, anchor for 710WOR. Uh, you can check him out if you're in the New York area, 710 on your AM dial, but uh, they're also part of the iHeart 
radio network. Noam, uh, amazing. Great to see you. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Sorry it took five seasons to get you on, but definitely well worth the wait. And I wish you and and the kids and your wife all the best and and stay safe out there. You too. It was fun to be on with you guys. Thanks, Noam. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We're Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Thanks so much for joining us, dads and other listeners, for Season 5, Episode 2. Really appreciate you spending some time with us in the podcast sphere. Our guest was Noam Layden of 710WOR, and really appreciate him joining us. And uh, don't forget, Bad to the Dad is sponsored every week by Becky Berman and Berman Branding. That's bermanbranding.com for all of your marketing, website, graphic design, and business planning needs. Coach, hopefully that was fun for you. I know a lot of that was a little memory lane stuff from our days back in, uh, nine, I would say 1990 or business. It was the, the mid, mid to late 90s, and uh, it was uh, my first job right out of college. Well, Adam D., there's uh, nothing more exciting for me than to learn about your past. I mean, I've always believed you're a brother from another mother, uh, and even back then, uh, the element of creativity of up and Adam with Noam, just genius. And that uh, gift has stayed with you. And I'd like to, uh, I now have kind of like this complete picture and uh, it's it's fantastic. You are- You're watching This Is Your Life unfold every week on Dad really to the special. Dad. And uh, you know, yeah. I love you how much I care about you. And uh, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, outside of learning your nickname, you know, Shans, yeah. I don't know if Shan's ever made it to GHT. It, it Maybe was I, just, I was curious to see how long we yeah, know, but it, it, it didn't hit. So. <laughs> to know that you were, uh, what do you say, Moon? Moon what? Moon, I don't, I don't remember that hat. He must have confused me with another person, but, you know, it could have been that we we did it one one day as a, as a goof uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. You know, Something you what's, did. What's, well, what's funny about early morning radio is often from about 5.15 till about eight o'clock in the morning, eight 30, we were the only ones there. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the lunatics running the asylum. But, you know, uh, so again, bravo, great job. Uh, some great dad advice, great stories. I, uh, I want to get into a Twitter war with an NBA player. Now <laughs> I wanted to find out if he listened to his son or if he jumped into it and decided to go after it. But, uh, uh, that's kind of funny to think that, uh, you're the worst dad ever. <laughs> Who do you think you are? They got to be careful on Twitter. You never know who's who's reading and who's going to respond. And you know, right. even the most high profile people are willing to get into it with, you know, people who fly under the radar. And as it stands, uh, we now have uh, season five, episode two, where we're, we're locking that in. And once again, you're bringing another phenomenal guest in for next week. We have Nico Sherry. Nico Sherry, you know, we love the small businesses, Coach Randy. We love to support the small businesses, the dads who are still really supportive dads, but are taking the time to grow the economy and, and do some things they're passionate about. So Nico Sherry is an interesting guy, originally from France, now living in San Diego. So we're going to talk about that French connection we have and how our listenership is so explosive in that country. But he and a partner 
started this product called Nolio Care, which is a skincare product, a, a post diaper cleaning product for babies. And it uh, is hypoallergenic and it is sustainable for the environment. And it doesn't have the abrasiveness and all of the chemicals that some of these other skin cleaning products have on babies. So I know a lot of our newly minted dads will appreciate that. And we're going to find out how they can get Nolio Care with our guest, Nico Sherry. That's next week, season five, episode three. We are bad to the dad. Dads, have a great week. <laughs>